Hey everyone, welcome to Poetry Dose. What's going on, man? Um, I just listened back to my. I, I I usually don't edit this thing at all. Really, I just say how I feel right after I listen to the poem and uh, take it from there. Yeah, because you know it's really not about me. It's about the work and and the artist behind it. But. I just listened to uh, my first take from this. Uh, it's from a couple days ago when I, um, I was starving, man. I was hungry. I was real hungry. I was on, uh, you know, I'll spare the details, but I was on a three-day water fast, and I came across this poem um, from our guest today, Mr. Peter Covino. I was listening to his poems, and I hadn't eaten in two days, just water, and man. These poets, these poems will, uh, these poems will make your mouth water for more reasons, reasons than one. Let me tell you about Peter. Peter Covino is an associate professor of English and creative writing at the University of Rhode Island and author of the poetry collections, The Right Place to Jump and Cut Off the Ears of Winter, both from West Michigan University Press, New Issues. His prizes include the 2007 Penn American Osterwell Award and the Patterson Poetry Prize for Literary Excellence, among others. New work has appeared or is forthcoming in the Academy of American Poets, Poem a Day, American Poetry Review, Colorado Review, Community, R-A-I, Italian Television, Gulf Coast, L-I-T, Western Humanities Review, Witness, and the Yale Review. He is also one of the founding editors of Barrow Street and Barrow Street Press. So, that said, um, please, everyone, um, enjoy two beautiful readings from our guest today, Mr. Peter Covino. This is Peter Covino reading my poem from the Calabrian Notebooks, Calabria Providence. Premise, all place in one place in the psychic imagination. One, describe what you've drawn. Two, what has surprised you or seemed strange about the drawing. Three, what's harder to recall and why. Four, how do you exist in this place. Four exhausted this morning from the happy family chit-chat last night at the six-hour baptism food fest, the wailing baby through the whole church service, bumpy winding into Corigliano, then Schiavonea al Mare, where we never visited the castle, just the sunset dusky ride down the hills to the sea-welcome breeze 
at least 10 degrees, maybe 15, cooler than the mountains of San Demetrio, stiff neck from no comfortable chair to read in. Two, earlier, a walk to the male and female cypress trees that never seem to be alone and cannot grow without the other nub-sized pine cones that reproduce the top of the other desiccated and rejuvenating patch of swarming bees, its buzz alerting us to the danger on the terraced walk down to the piazza to get the wind phone card to work four days of downed lines downed servers in the fusion pub and Dante's bar ubiquitous, an unhellish descent into the main square gyre of our meeting place, our hill perch schools, doppio macchiato, stain of milk and pistachio cream, rapture filled cannoli, a mother's favorite. She'll never again travel to Italy to taste or to see. Calabrian Notebooks, Calabria Providence, is a poem from a later section in my new manuscript called Armies in the Blood. Um, and I wanted to read this poem today, Sunday, because I almost can't function without eating pasta on Sundays. And I had to go to Federal Hill today uh, to buy some ziti with meatballs just to be able to get in the mood to look at some of the ideas in the poem. And I like the resonance of Calabria and Providence together because there are obviously a lot of Calabrian immigrants in Rhode Island and in Providence specifically. And one of the things about this poem that I wanted to think about was how you don't have to follow all the directions in these poetry workshops where um, as in this poem, I gave my students four um, possible suggestions for writing. And I always like it when you choose one or two because it works for you best and it doesn't seem as cliche. We have a program in Italy, in Calabria, in a small town called San Demetrio. And this was one of the uh, assignments that I adapted. And the first part seems pretty straightforward about um, driving through this beautiful mountain town in the Tow region onto the Ionian coast to go to the party. And in the context of the baptism, I thought it was sort of interesting how psychically the mind happens on these images of reproduction. So the male and female cypress trees stood out to me um, in that very next moment that I started to write this. There had been a storm 
the second section talks about a storm in those mountains where the wind phone car didn't work and there were downed lines and we had to go into the town. And then finally, uh, the poem really is a little homage of sorts to my mother who loves anything made out of pistachio, as do I. Um, so Armies in the Blood, among other things, is about some difficult family experiences. My dad recently died in the context of writing this book, and my mom is at the end of her life, and I fear that she may never go back to Italy, or, or I know she won't go back to Italy to eat um, pistachio cream-filled cannoli. Thank you. Giorgio Bassani, the great Italian novelist and poet who died in 2000. He was my first poetry professor, really one of my first impassioned poetry professors in the mid-80s in Italy when I was a study abroad student. And this is a poem from 1947 from a book he wrote, Te Lucis Ante, The Light Before Thee. Um, it's called Ars Poetica, which is a poetic meditation about how poetry works. It's quite short. Um, he wrote it in Italian, but of course I'm going to read you my version in English. And all that remains of me is a cry, a slow wordless cry, not a single word. What a gift you were to me, O oh, intimate and otherworldly landslide. Only you in the thunderless sky, this wave, this voice. So in this rather seemingly simple poem, it's, it's hard to get a handle on the lyric and who's speaking, um, but it definitely speaks to the power of poetry to transform experience how this cry becomes wordless and not a single word stays, though at one point it was a gift that was intimate, um, but now it's become part of an otherworldly landslide in a thunderless sky. Um, the idea that poetry is sound-linked, you know, you hear cry, sky, landslide, um, it creates a voice and it moves as a wave does through you. I always felt, regrettably, that Bassani's poetry was underappreciated, even though he won Italy's biggest prizes for literature, mostly for his novel, The Garden of the Finzi Contini. He won the Via Reggio Prize and the, um, the Strega Prize. But the poetry, too, to me, seems to need to be reevaluated. And two other poems from that era that especially stayed with me are Rolls-Royce, which is, is very much about recrossing Ferrara, his own town, um, his city, where I actually had the pleasure of, the pleasure, I, I guess that's not exactly the most accurate word, but 
uh, the experience of going to see his post-apocalyptic tomb um, that was built sometime after September 11th, uh, in this kind of postmodern, intense-looking tomb um, in in the Jewish cemetery there, uh, very very moving place where there are a lot of uh, people uh, who were part of Bassani's family who didn't make it, family and friends. Um, Eight thousand Jews, Italian Jews, were killed during World War II, and twenty thousand were deported. Um, <clears throat> and Bassani's poems in this elegiac way really speak of that. An, another powerful poem called um, Magnolia or the Magnolia Tree speaks about how this magnolia tree persisted in Ferrara even while many of his family and friends did not. So he's certainly a poet worth re-evaluating and thinking about again. And here's the poem one more time so I can leave you with his voice through mine. Ars Poetica. And all that remains of me is a cry, a slow wordless cry, not a single word. What a gift you were to me, O oh, intimate and otherworldly landslide. Only you in the thunderless sky, this wave, this voice. Ah, allora, everybody. Allora. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be that guy right now. Thank you to Peter for contributing to Poetry Dose. Thanks to all the other great poets that have contributed. Without them, this podcast would be not too much. Not too much going on there. If you want to hear more from Peter, go to petercovino.com or just Google his name. There's videos. There's pictures. He's a handsome young gentleman. And also, if you want to see what his first reading looks like on the page, just go to at Poetry Dose on Instagram. You're looking at Instagram all the time. Come on, I know you are. You're flipping through your phone. Give us a follow, man. We need some help over there. Let's be honest here. Okay. Now that that's out of the way, let me tell you about who we're listening to right now. We're listening to my main man, Francesco De Gregori. Francesco De Gregori. I heard this song, Bellamore, Bellamore, when I was in Italy a couple years ago. I had a um, study abroad teacher there as well that turned me on to this guy's music. He's got a lot of good stuff. A lot of beautiful stuff. So check it out. This is him and Luciano Dalla, Piazza Grande. Anyway. Allora. Hasta luego. Ciao.
fallare